What's up, revelers and weirdos? And how is everyone? You good? Have you showered and shaved? What have I been doing? Well, since you asked, not to boast, but I dismantled a workbench with a sledgehammer. Now I feel like a alpha male with muscle and sweat glistening off my body. Yeah, see my flex. But I'm getting ahead of myself because I've got all this testosterone now swimming around inside my brain. But yes, this is Scaring Sam. Where I attempt to spook my fiance with horror, give a meaningful explanation why, and she questions why she wants to marry me. And I am your ever reliable host, James Reese, aka the Pasty White Hulk. And I'm Sam Difford, aka your tree hugging Amazonian warrior. Now, there's a lot of you out there who have watched WandaVision and have wondered to yourself, what is next for Scarlet Witch in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, I don't have a crystal ball to peer into, but I did waste a large chunk of my childhood reading comics, because I'm a cool guy, which could give us an insight into what to expect down the line. Now we're delving into two particularly nasty characters in this episode, the Elder God Kifan and the Lord of the Abyss, No. It all sounds very heavy metal, doesn't it? These two nasty pieces of work may or may not rear their ugly heads in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So here's a quick heads up on their backstories so you get a better idea of who these guys are if they ever do show up. Put the needle on the wax of your favorite speed metal record and let's get this party started. Billions of years ago, the Demiurge seeded the earth with life, leading to the birth of the Elder Gods, Kefan, Set, Ushter, and Gaia, aka Odin's sidepiece. Not to be a gossipy bitch, but here's what went down. Odin wanted a son who would be strong on earth, not just Asgard, so had a fling with Gaia, and uh-oh, gave birth to Thor. Thor, I cannot pronounce that. When he returned back to Asgard with his bastard son, Odin's wife, Frigga, raised him as her own, and Odin kept the true identity of his mother hidden from Thor until Gaia revealed the truth sometime later. Under numerous different guises, Gaia mated with many of the second generation of gods, becoming the mother goddess. The emo amongst his siblings, Kefan dedicated all his free time Millions of years, in fact, studying the mystic arts of the universe, becoming the first black magician. Keep in mind, this was before the internet and streaming services, so boredom was frequent. So how did these deities entertain themselves? Well, save for Gaia and Uster, the rest of the Elder Gods sought greater power, warring with one another and degenerating into demons. Fearing for the safety of the new life forming in the Earth's oceans, Gaia attempted to fight back by summoning the Demiage and conceiving a son, Atum. Now, I'm not here to judge, 
but a pattern is beginning to form here. Gaia, if you continue with this behaviour, you're going to end up with a reputation. I'm just saying. We're not here to judge. Atom sliced a bloody sway through the demons on Earth, absorbing their energies in the process, transforming into the monstrous Demogorge, the God Eater. Victorious in his conquest, Atom took to the sky, the excess energy he took erupting out of him, before resting inside the sun. Prior to escaping our dimension, Kefan transcribed all his works and spells onto parchments of flesh, under the mountains of Wondergore, deep in the caverns known as Darkhold. These scrolls would later be compiled into the Darkhold Grimoire by the dark sorceress Morgan Le Fay. Kefan's spells served as a physical link between Earth and his flickering realms, as they are known, should he ever desire to return. Despite being trapped in his own domain, Kefan has had a degree of influence over mankind, granting a smidge of his power to those who use the Darkhold in exchange for their souls. As we all know, souls are a standard currency amongst demons. They also taste like marzipan. Begrudgingly, a pact was struck between the surviving Elder Gods, where they would not directly interfere with each other's territories. Naturally, Gaia's realm was Earth, so Kefan was permanently barred from ever returning, or else faced the might of her right hand at home. Still, there is always wriggle room when it comes to these matters. The demons Kefan created were not bound by the same oath, and can do whatever he orders. Unlike Gaia, Kefan considers his demons as creations, not his children, because he has no desire to pay child support. He's out of town, he doesn't care, he resides in his own dimension. Speaking of that wriggle room, there is a loophole within that pact Kefan made with the other Elder Gods. He can still be invited back to Earth if its residents summon him, usually with the aid of the Dark Ode, which has a tendency to backfire on those like Morgan Le Fay, who sought to use Kefan to do her bidding in the medieval era. A prophecy in the Dark Ode that says, when the Red Slayer spills blood on sacred stone, he who sleeps shall wake and what walked will walk once again. Believing this referred to the symbiote carnage, the Darkholder's cult attempted to sacrifice him to awaken Kefan. Instead, Carnage became empowered by the Elder God and attempted to summon him using the Darkhold he stole from the cult. Carnage and Kafan would be stopped by a strange alliance of characters, and the Elder God was once again banished by his own tome. As a child, Wanda Maximoff was marked by Kafan to become his future vessel, and over the preceding years he has been narrowly defeated in his numerous attempts to possess her. During Hydra's invasion and occupation of the United States, Zemo used the Darkhold to empower the villain Blackout in order to cover Manhattan in a dome of Dark Force shadows, imprisoning a number of heroes. It was during this event that Kafan succeeded in possessing the Scarlet Witch at the cost of marginalising her immense magical powers, serving in Hydra's twisted version of the Avengers. This time, Wanda would be freed of Kafan's influence by Doctor Strange during the final battle against Hydra.
Since he is made of elemental energy, Kafan can take on many forms, usually in possession of somebody else's body, like the Maximoff twins. Seeing as the entity is heavily inspired by H.P. Lovecraft's The Cthulhu Mythos, his encounter with Carnage saw Kefan appear to him as a towering, tentacled abomination, reminiscent of the big guy himself, Cthulhu. This would also not be the last time Carnage played a significant role in summoning an all-powerful Eldritch God. Like its master, the Darkhold is still out there somewhere, waiting for its influence to infect the world once more. It should never be underestimated, the sheer power this ancient book contains. Long before Earth was seeded with life, before stars flickered in the night sky, there dwelled an evil hidden in the empty black abyss of space. Content, he was to float aimlessly in the darkness, for this was Null's domain, and Null's alone. Until, in his eyes, the Celestials invaded it, bringing with them light and life. For the first time, Null looked down upon his shadow, and without hesitation he plunged his long bony fingers into it and pulled out a mighty sword, as black as his own soul, and retaliated. What the Celestials had done to his home was a violation. All those countless stars and all those countless planets teeming with life, all those suns shining their light down upon them, all of it was a violation to Null. He would not stop until the universe returned to the black. Null is the god of darkness, the lord of the abyss, the god of the symbiotes. The first of the symbiotes was all black, the sword of the living darkness, forged and refined inside the decapitated head of a celestial. From the darkness, Null created a symbiotic suit of armour, and with all black, began a bloody genocide against life itself. At some point during his campaign, Null was injured by gold-armoured beings empowered by the God of Light. Killing all but one, Null and the mortally wounded being fought, before crash-landing on a desolate planet. All Black left Null for Gaul, one of the indigenous population who went on to become the God Butcher in his own right. Over the course of a century, Null licked his wounds on the artificial planet he created, experimenting with his powers. He discovered that he could corrupt life rather than end it, by bonding his creations, the parasitic symbiotes, to lesser life forms. Null's assault upon the universe finally came to an end in the 6th century, where he sent a symbiote dragon, known as the Grendel, to devastate Earth. Thor struck the Grendel with lightning, in the process severing Null's link to the majority of the symbiote hive mind. After bonding with so many heroic individuals, the symbiotes had become infected by the ideals of honour and nobility, resulting in them renouncing their god and imprisoning him inside the core of his throne world. In the present, 
A cult-worshipping Null attempted to awaken him by bonding what was left of the Grendel symbiote to the body of a serial killer, Cletus Cassidy. Carnage. Null communicated with Cassidy, but resisted when the god tried to possess him through the symbiote. Yet Cassidy desired to speak with the Lord of the Abyss again, so decided to help him awaken and break free from his prison. By killing former symbiote hosts and collecting their codexes, trace amounts of living darkness inside of them, Carnage could reconnect Null back to the symbiote hive mind. Venom was forced to step in and kill Carnage, absorbing the remaining codexes in the process, and ironically, unleashing Null. The King in Black is free to recommence his genocidal conquest of the universe once again. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram on Scaring Sam Pod, and you can contact us at scaringsampod at gmail.com. Stay safe out there tonight. <laughs>